the blast from our past network. Hot ride? Hot ride! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back to back because we love that shit. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And this episode, we're giving you the cold, hard truth. <laughs> or actually, just the episode, The Truth. Uh, this is season three, episode two. It aired on September 25th, 1991. Uh, it's, uh, a pretty fun, and there's some really good moments on this one, but, uh, my man Corey, would you please give us the overall synopsis? Yes, sir. The truth. George employs the truth to break up with a girlfriend. She then throws out all of Jerry's important tax papers and checks into a minstrel institution. Kramer sees Elaine naked while dating her roommate. Okay. (laughs) Short and sweet. All right, let's, uh, break that down a little bit, if you don't mind. And... Per usual, let's start off with a stand-up bit about buttons. About buttons. Who would have thunk it? Still something. You know what? Of all the Seinfeld stand-ups, this one is still pretty relevant today. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Jerry basically stands. You know, you see he's standing in front of the crowd, uh, in front of everybody, and he pulls out the, the bag of extra buttons in his jacket pocket. And he's like, what kind of sicko would save these? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then have them in basically like in a huge file. And he's like, is it that hard to get a black round button? And he will, he's like, you know, as, as the manufacturer, we'll save you the trouble uh, because we know you'll, they'll fall off anyways. It, it was kind of short and sweet. It wasn't, it wasn't the funniest, but at the same time, it was still relevant and still like a little bit yeah. that I think we all basically think about. And I got to say, I only have one jacket. It's a pea coat and the buttons on there are, are they had they have the like the anchors you know on there and i'm like okay i get it i'm like if these fall off i definitely need new ones of these but every other jacket that i have has some kind of generic button that i could easily just replace yeah i I thought it was honestly a pretty decent one you're right it wasn't the best but it was by no means any like the worst Um, because it's something that you know as, as a guy i absolutely um, can relate to it you know any jacket i've gotten or whatnot you you always find like those buttons somewhere and it's like the fuck i'm not gonna save these things like where am i gonna put them jesus christ what am i gonna do with all these fucking buttons? so i just toss them and it's like yeah you know because you can just buy them later but you know i I have had a couple times where buttons have fallen off and it's like god damn it now i gotta go buy a button (laughs) (laughs) i mean i've always been when when a button fell off that's it the jacket's over it's done (laughs) that's yeah fair enough So we get into the episode, and we are at Monk's Diner. We see George there with this red-haired Caucasian lady who is 100% assimilating uh, Chinese culture (laughs) and Chinese dress. She's got chopsticks in her hair, wearing like a a full Chinese like dress thing going on. Uh, And she is saying shit like papier-mâché, and she's doing quotes like Confucius. Um, you know, this is not Donna Chang, but very Donna Chang-esque. Uh, <laughs> and the first thing I wrote down was cultural appropriation was strong in 1991. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, so the, her name is Patrice. She is just somebody that George is dating. Um, the actress is Valerie Mah. 
Mahafi, Mahafi, whatever. Um, but uh, she's done plenty of different stuff, little, you know, reoccurring roles in things like Young Sheldon. She was in the movie Sea Biscuit and the recent-ish movie Sully. Uh, but she's been done on plenty of things. So, yeah, I recognize uh, her. her I'd seen her in, in stuff here and there. I was like, okay, she she looks familiar. Yeah, definitely. Um, then we get to uh, – so that, anyway, they're just having a conversation. We kind of intercut their conversation with Jerry's apartment. And Jerry and Kramer are there going through receipts. Apparently, Jerry's getting audited for donating money to some BS charity that kind of Kramer got him into uh, a long time ago, back when uh, he was dating Elaine. And uh, Elaine then comes in, and uh, we kind of get this this kind of awkward stuff between them. Um, or just, in well, we just kind of see, we find out that Kramer is dating, you know, uh, Elaine's roommate, uh, who's played by Siobhan Fallon. We'll see her later. We saw her uh, last season, actually, in the episode called The Deal. Yeah, I like that they brought the actress back. Um, but yeah, dude, right from the beginning of this scene, Kramer's just getting it from both ends. He's he's getting it from Jerry. Yeah. He's getting it from Elaine. And I, I felt bad for the guy <laughs> at this point. Yeah, well... <laughs> Kramer, he doesn't do everything, um, you know, correctly at times, uh, and you know he gets he gets some of his friends in trouble. Yeah, he, he uh, does. One thing he does. Yeah, he does. Uh, I, I do like the conversation where where Emma or Elaine is basically just you know complaining to him about you know he's he's pretty messy, and what he likes to do is when he makes pasta, he you know he he puts it after he cooks the pasta, he puts it in the colander, and then he puts the pasta sauce while it's in the colander so he can strain the pasta. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Yes, yeah. I mean even without Elaine saying it, we all know that the the pasta is going to get all gunked up in the strainer, like when it gets in, especially if you don't yeah. soak it afterwards, which you see later. Yeah. He does not do any soaking whatsoever. No, <laughs> no, we see that. And uh, but to me, that's just that's funny to like. You're gonna lose the liquid if you yeah, just strain your fucking pasta. Like that's the whole point of the pasta sauce. And the way he says it, he's like, "Well, I like to strain my my pasta or, yeah. or strain the the sauce." Yeah, I mean, we don't get like a bunch of great Kramer in this. Well, I guess we do. Technically, I guess we do get a good bit of some Kramer later on, particularly in the uh, in the uh, Elaine's apartment. And whatnot, but uh, all right. So anyway, Elaine kind of is starting to question what they're up to, uh, and she kind of figures out, you know, that uh, you know Jerry tells her that she's he's being audited is from some BS um, charity, uh, and she kind of like they kind of she figures out, oh wait, it's from that fucking charity that you know you started that you did when we were dating to try and impress me, <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 I, Jerry's performance and jerry's uh just the way he he responds with that he was only thinking about the poor krakatoans i love his line with that <laughs> yeah I, I was like where where is krakatoa that was that was my first yeah. question <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well he was worried about the poor the volcano that was gonna erupt and you know destroy the poor Krakat- krakatoans yeah. um but overall jerry isn't too worried because george uh you know is is dating this irs lady who knows how to handle the paperwork and she's get she's agreed to help out so he's all good yeah and right before you leave the scene there were uh to back to george and, and his girlfriend soon to be ex uh, i wanted to point out a couple of neat little things that i picked up on in this scene mm. uh this this jerry elaine kramer scene um first off uh 
Elaine makes makes a Honeymooners reference with It's a Riot, Alice. And I was like, where is that from? So uh, I actually looked it up. That was actually a Honeymooners reference, which they, mm-hmm. they've been making regular Honeymooners references since season one. And I know I never really? per, like personally picked up on any of those. Um, did you, of course, get the Star Wars reference that, that uh, Jerry made about a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away? So, oh, I probably just probably just slipped. I didn't even. I mean, probably just. I, I didn't. Can't say I noticed. Yeah, it. and and then finally though, there is one that was pretty classic though. When uh, when I think Elaine goes, "That's karma," and then Jerry goes, "No, that's Kramer." When they're referring to like him being audited by the IRS, and I've seen that pop up all over the place. Like yeah. that's karma. No, that's Kramer. That's something that lasted the entire duration. Like that stayed in the zeitgeist. I agree. I've definitely heard that one like before or more throughout the series. Yeah. So. Um, all right, so we, we hard cut to back to Monks, and George, he fucking dumps her. He dumps Patrice right here, and what a fucking idiot. Like, George is such such a selfish person. Like, he must have just handed her the paperwork. Like, we know this because we're getting it from Jerry's side, and he, I mean, one, partly I can understand dumping her because I could not stand that lady. No. Not one no. bit. <laughs> And the way he dumps her, it's just it's spectacular. That's that's the best part. Is he goes hard it is. and fast and and pretty much just destroys her. <laughs> she pressures him to tell him the yeah. truth. You know, she she can't understand. You know, how could you not? How could you dump me? Uh, you know, and he lets her have it. And boy, does he! He tells her the truth. Name of the episode. Um, and <laughs> she's she's not happy about no. it. So she leaves. Uh, but you know, she's about to pay up and in a very classic George fashion, she's like, what, what do I owe you? And, and any self-respecting decent human being would be like, oh, don't worry about it. And George starts to, and then he looks at the bill and he's like, oh, that, that'll be $4, yeah. four fucking dollars, George. Come on, man. I knew you were going to pick up on that too. I was like, oh, I was like, Adam's going to have dude. something to say about that one right there. <laughs> I mean, He's about to send her to a goddamn mental institution, and he can't just pay the four fucking dollars for dumping yeah, her. Yeah, George is the worst. I mean, he literally, uh, yeah, he's the worst. <laughs> have you have you ever dumped somebody at a restaurant? Um, so I'm really bad when I was growing up. Really bad about dumping people. I was that guy that would just kind of like push you away until you sort of broke up with me, <laughs> which is the worst. You're like ghosting. Yeah, him? well, yeah, or just being like aloof. Not, not quite. Yeah, okay. and, uh, but you're yeah, you were just getting emotionally exactly until they dumped me which is the worst thing to possibly do and the first person that i ever had to technically like initiate the dump was when i divorced my (laughs) ex-wife i don't we don't need to go into that story as i assume that wasn't over uh dinner or no no it was long and painfully drawn out (laughs) yeah Oh God! Let's move on. Um, yeah, I, I've never. I the I've only. I remember like quote unquote dumping two people, but both of them were were kind of like at their places. It wasn't. Uh, neither of them were at a restaurant. Yeah. I just feel. I feel like it's really cliche and it's something that they do in the movies, but not many people like legitimately break up at a restaurant or take people somewhere to a restaurant because then you're like you don't want to take them out to be in public just to dump no. them like that's just not typically kosher. yeah it, se- it seems like in real life it usually happens in parking lots that's where i see the most people break <laughs> <Yeah>. up <laughs> <laughs> all right 
We cut back to Jerry's apartment, and George comes in, and he's all very happy about what he did. But before George comes in, I love the conversation Jerry is having with Elaine about just wanting to kill mm-hmm. Kramer. And just the look on Kramer's face as he's, like, listening to all of this was great. And it, of course, pays off in, in a little bit. <laughs> the best part about that, you know, you were so you want to talk about it in the front. I was going to save it and bring it, bring it back around. Gotcha. doesn't matter. Um, it's all good because you're right, though. The best part about this, Jerry is, like, laying it into him. Like, basically saying, you know, if I didn't have this lady to help me out, I'd fucking slaughter Kramer. I'd destroy him. I'd rip him limb from limb. Things like that. Uh, and we just see, like, you know, Kramer's got, you know, wide eyes. He's looking worried. He's like, okay, but at least at least we have this person. George comes in, tells them that he dumped her. And Jerry's like, the fuck? Where are my papers? And he said, I gave them to her. Kramer bolts <laughs> from the apartment and that we get that payoff is fantastic <laughs> i did it killed me it it killed me almost as much as when kramer did that double take about uh george not liking to use the urinals it was just a mm-hmm. really good michael richards reaction he was like what and just out he's gone yeah. <laughs> didn't even say goodbye yep and so uh elaine kind of calls out George for saying the truth and bullshit that they that he should have lied and not been such an asshole. And what I like is that they kind of flip it on him and they start telling him the truth about his faults. And George is so just just as obnoxious and he can't see his own faults. And so basically Elaine insinuates that he's cheap, which he is 100 <laughs> yes. percent, 195 million percent. He's a cheap bastard. And he can't handle it, and he freaks out and says, "You should have lied." Ha ha! It's just kind of funny. Flipped on his head. Um, so, but I loved how he was like, "When I had money, I spent, baby." <laughs> yeah, spent, baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He he spent. I do love how how George just completely got devastated by that, and it's just it's perfect, and it's weird because usually I feel like during the course of this podcast, we when we talk about George, we talk about how much we don't like him, but I do love George. I, I love George. Oh, yeah. For all of his faults. And I would I think I would have been friends with him like in real life if I'd grown up with him. But his faults are pretty obnoxious. Like his his cheapness is very, very obnoxious. Of course, that that it'll play off at the very, very end of this episode as well. But like it's his cheapness mm-hmm. is obnoxious. It is. It bothers me. I don't really I don't like those kind of people. Like, you know, you and I have hung out on plenty of times. Neither of us are particularly wealthy, but we both kind of live on the you know, kind of the karma spectrum of, hey, man, I'll get you this time. You get me next time. It all even out in the end, you know, like the Jerry side. Like we, we like to live in the Jerry world of just like it'll even yeah. out. And I and I, I appreciate being around those types of people. It's like, man, who gives a fuck? I'll buy your beer this time. Who cares? And if you don't pay me back for like four months or you don't, you know, I don't see you for another four months and you buy me a beer then, then great. That's fine. Or, you know, if you don't, whatever. Shit will even out. And, and George is the exact opposite of that. You know, he has to, you know, make sure everything. I mean, he's we're going to see it in next episode because, you know, the, the way we watch these, he's the fucking Jack Klompus of Jerry's relationship. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's that same kind of guy. Yeah, that, that's a that's a good point right there. And karmatically, you can see, I mean, this shows almost uh, the entire run of the show is almost like a cautionary tale that Larry David mm-hmm. is saying, don't be like me because nothing yeah. ever works out for George and everything works out for Jerry to the point where, you know, they make a whole episode about it later on in the seasons where he talks about being even Steven and, you know, he throws a $20 mm-hmm. bill out the window and he finds a $20 bill in his pocket. 
pocket. Yeah. And yeah, dude, as growing up, man, even in this episode, Jerry's just, he takes everything in stride, of course, until, you know, things become, become yeah. not good. <laughs> because he, which, you are, know, which are understandable, understandable because it's not like, this is not like an even Steven situation. Yeah. This is, he's fucked. He was doing something. And Kramer kind of screwed him over for. I mean, it wouldn't say Kramer screwed him over either, because Kramer is just ignorant and didn't didn't know it was a BS charity. Yeah, but yeah, it's and real quick, falling back just to the very beginning. So, like a fifty dollar uh, donation to a fake charity is enough to get you on the IRS's like radar. I, yeah, I highly doubt. Yeah, that. I think that was just a conceit <laughs> for the episode. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I yeah, I mean, I've never been audited. I have no idea. Uh, but I highly, highly uh, doubt that the IRS would come attack you for giving fifty dollars away <laughs> to a fake charity. Yeah, for, to a bullshit. Yeah, to a fake charity. Um, but whatever. I mean, it's kind of funny that you know Jerry felt the need to put that on his tax return. You know. <laughs> If you give just $50 away. I like the fact that it related to early on in Jerry and Elaine's uh, relationship. We don't get a lot of times they talk about when they did date. And you and I even tried to figure out how long we thought they dated mm. for. Um, so I, yeah. it, it's kind of nice. And we did, we did the math by how many times they, they, <laughs> yeah, they, exactly. they had sex. We kind of pieced it together on an earlier episode. But it, I like it. I don't know. I, I kind of like the callback to the time that took place before the show. It's almost like um, it's almost like in A New Hope where back, you know, before the prequels were even made, how just Obi-Wan talked about the Clone Wars. And it's like, oh, cool. It's like, it gave you a sense that there's more than what you're seeing just here, that there's like a history. Yeah. And I like that they that they made a call back to Jerry and Elaine's first date. And now we have like an idea of like how their first date went and how Jerry was trying to impress her. I thought I think it's kind of cute, honestly. That's nice. I mean, you're going about the into the mythos and the universe, <laughs> the Seinfeld universe right there. You go deep. All right. So um George ends up calling uh this lady. Uh, calls her office. She never came back from lunch. He calls her house. She hangs up on him. Um, you know, he's all trying to apologize, basically, because Jerry's like, you better fucking apologize and try and get my papers back. Uh, we cut to the next day, and we're at Jerry's apartment. Kramer has this windshield, for some reason, just being Kramer. He wants to apparently make a coffee table for his uh, beloved, uh, the... Uh, roommate of elaine <laughs> out of a windshield that is clearly not a windshield but no clearly... it's, i mean it's just a straight painter I mean, windshields are curved yeah. you know i mean that's definitely part of it and this one, i mean maybe maybe back in the day though you might have had a straight one i don't know and doubtful yeah. i was just like the whole uh, time i was like and it's clearly like plexiglass because it, it kind of bends a little i was like yeah, i just thought yeah, that was yeah. funny you know <laughs> Windshields are, I, I would imagine, they're heavy. Yeah, as fuck. yeah. No, I totally understand why they went this route. <laughs> I just thought it was, you know, funny. Like, I, I, he could have just said it's just a piece of glass. Like, you know, the fact that they had to go there with the windshield. It's like, okay, that's yeah. not a windshield. Okay, uh, but Elaine comes in, and there is immediate awkwardness between her and Kramer. Uh, apparently, Kramer saw Elaine naked. He walked into her bedroom by apartment thinking it was a closet, <laughs> and he saw everything. Totally 
naked. <laughs> Which is already like an underhanded like insult saying that like, oh, I thought your your room was a closet. You know, I think yeah. there's like a little bit of a joke there. But I love Elaine's mm-hmm. like reaction. She's like, how can I go on <laughs> knowing that Kramer saw me naked? The, the way that she kind of like jumps up and down and kind of moves her <laughs> arms and like, oh, how can I go on? <laughs> she's like freaking out. Like she's got to, you know, shake off the germs, the Kramer eye germs <laughs> that of seeing him. I just I do I love kind of you know her physical comedy of that right there. Uh, it works really really well. Um, you know, and, and then more good physical comedy here. Kramer's like, all right, fine, you can see me naked, and he starts pulling his clothes <laughs> off. And Jerry's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, Elaine like immediately hops behind Jerry to protect her from the naked Kramer, <laughs> and he's starting to get he's starting to undress, and Jerry's like, no, 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 not having it. You know, you're welcome, but not Mister Johnson. <laughs> he's not <laughs> coming in. That was I loved all of that exchange. I thought that was all the whole scene is is great. And I gotta say, I, I kinda had a little bit of a crush on Elaine in her in her nineties oh, yeah. workout attire right there and everything. I was like, Oh yeah. Elaine, man. Sometimes we, I'm just like, Oh gosh, she's so hot. She's very attractive. We've talked about, you know, uh, you know, our attraction to <laughs> Julia Louis Dreyfus before. But we don't I don't wanna get too creepy on that, <laughs> so know. let's just move on. I, I just so, had to bring it up though. I I gotcha. Uh, George comes in and he lets uh, everybody know that apparently Patrice is in a mental institution. Well, not really a mental institution, but more of like a depression clinic, that kind of thing. Um, And right after that, we get a stand-up about nakedness. (laughs) Yes. So full disclosure, this might be my favorite Jerry Seinfeld stand-up of all time. I still, if I don't talk about it, I still think about it, but he basically talk. he's like, why is it so uncomfortable to be naked? When you have clothes on, you can make little adjustments, you can do things, like put your hand in your pocket, stuff like that, but when you're naked, that's it. You're You're just naked. So he talks about he likes to have a belt on when he like you know when he's naked because he can walk around and like kind of adjust it and you know put his fingers or whatever you know and then he's like he's like oh and then I would love I wish they would make a a belt with pockets so I could sit there and, and put my hands you know in there while I'm naked and I'm like to this day, I still think about that all the time, and I still think that, yeah, it is so weird to sort of, you know, be naked and just to stand there and how I wish I had some place to put my weird arms in my my hands, you know, so they're not just, like, by my side, all weird and awkward. Yeah. I mean, the, the funniest part is just creating that mental image of a naked person with a belt and pockets uh, that works really well. I agree. It's a damn good. Uh, stand up. Yeah, and the the director did a good job of doing good like straight on facial shots of Jerry. Like it it was it was also very good like visual and the the you know the pantomiming he made when he was doing it. It all helped. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I love the stand up and I I totally forgot that it was like in this episode. I was like, "Oh, this is the 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 belt in the pockets." And you know, I was like, "Yes." <laughs> yeah, getting all excited. Nice. I'm glad I'm glad you got that excited <laughs> about the stand up bit. Because uh, they don't last forever. No, no, they don't. Not not the good ones. I, I, the the great ones are few and far between. Well, yeah, and just in general, stand up doesn't last forever on the yeah, show. Yeah, it goes yes. away. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So we come back. You know, George still kind of going on about you know uh, this lady and you know her going into the the madhouse, and, and we get a fantastic line, and and this has got to be the best line of the entire episode, where he where George says. I've driven women women to lesbianism before, but never a mental institution. Um, and immediately, my mind goes to the future, and I go to Susan. Yep. 
uh, because we see her, you know, there's a, an episode way, way later on. And I remember that they're in a video store and and he's got like a copy of Rochelle Rochelle in his hand. And uh, Susan is there with her girlfriend at the time. And then it ends up sparking their relationship again. But uh, but she had dated him before that. So he kind of he does drive them to lesbianism. It's a I guess it's a common thing from George. He does. That's yes, that's a that's a George. And I assume that's a Larry David thing, too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so, uh, but it's just kind of a, a funny moment and a great line. Uh, so Jerry and George go out to this Woodhaven, you know, mental institution. Before that, real quick, did you pick up, Ooh. we got a Kramer mm-hmm. Bob Sacramento uh, reference here. Oh, yes, I yeah, I do remember that, yeah. He, he talked about him being at a mental and, institution and how his, as well, uh, his synapses were too big or too wide, so the, yeah. the electric shock <laughs> therapy wouldn't work on him or something, is, is what Kramer said. Yeah. But I was like, hey, here we go, we, a Bob Sacramento reference. Yeah, one of, those, one of those many just strange things about this Bob Sacramento character <laughs> that we never find out who he is or what he looks like or what he does or anything, but the dude, the dude is... is a very interesting character. <laughs> and and could might be a monster. Just might be a human yes. monster. <laughs> very possible. Uh yes, if electroshock cannot affect him, then yeah, he could he could maybe uh, you know, he can handle a lot of shit. Uh anyway, uh so they go and they try to get his papers. That's where they're at. We also kind of again intercut scene here. Um, while they're out there, we get a scene where we're at Elaine's apartment. She gets in, and we see, as you mentioned before, those horrendously done dishes that nothing is soaking or nothing is being washed. Tons of African food was made, apparently. And we hear this jungle music because we kind of get a little thing early on that Elaine was telling Kramer uh, to, you know, play their lovemaking jungle <laughs> music. Turn it down. It's a little bit high. Uh, but we, we get that here. We hear it. Uh, and you know, he's coming out in just a towel. He's dancing. He's being very Kramer, you know, silly. I love his dance, man. His dance is great. Yes. He's, he's, he's bipping and bopping and having, and having a good old time, but I would have fucking killed him if I saw that kitchen because I am, I, I am a firm (laughs) believer. I am a firm believer in a, if you cook, you don't do the dishes. The other person does the dishes, but I'm also in a firm believer that if you're not going to do the dishes right now, fucking soak them just soak them it makes things so much easier in the long run just soak the pots right now i would just kill kramer and i said elaine is absolutely justified in her anger uh here i i would love for that to always be the fact now granted uh, my wife does a fantastic job of typically washing the dishes Uh, i do most of the cooking in our house Uh, so she she does the vast majority of cleaning stuff um, but she cleans a lot more than just like the typical dishes, so I'll end up doing the dishes pretty often. I mean, I would love if that was always the arrangement <laughs> because cooking I find to be way easier than doing the dishes and way cleaning. I, I hate cleaning and doing the dishes, but uh, but I give her props for all of the other. The rest of the house is like immaculate. I'm her in in this relationship with my wife, so mm. I do all the the cleaning around the house, and I do the dishes, and I do a great job at keeping some things clean, and then I'm bad. I, I, I too, have, like, one little thing that I'm just not good at, you know? And that's kind of, like, yeah. getting into, like, 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 
like in the hidden areas of like cleaning, like that deep cleaning, mm. you know? Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. But I, she's much better at that. Too. I love doing the dishes, man. And I'll never let a dish sit. Once we, uh, once we eat dinner, I go right to the uh. dishes. I'm like, I ain't, I ain't fucking with that. So that, that's where I, that's where I shine. I shine at cleaning dishes. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That's good. No, she, I mean, she, she will typically get them done the next day or something. And specifically, specifically if I'm being very lazy and not attacking them as quickly <laughs> as I probably should. But if she is like, no, fuck this. I'm going to wait till Adam does them. Then, then I'll eventually get to him and I will. I'll say there's one thing I almost, I just never do. Uh, I'm just thankful that she does it. And I never did this though. Uh, when I was single and I was living, you know, on my own and, and, you know, before we started dating and whatnot, I am terrible about checking my mail. I, I never fucking check my mail. I check it maybe once a week. If that, when I'm on my own. And, and since, since we got together and moved in together and then eventually obviously got married, I've checked the mail I can probably count it on my fucking hands, you know, over the past, like, you know, five years of us, five, six years of us living together, because I just, I don't think about it, man. I never do it. Uh, and, and and it's not that I don't, am not, I wouldn't do it. It's just, I do it on my time. And my time is once a fucking week, maybe once every two weeks. I'll get it when I fucking get it. <laughs> well, in your defense, there's nothing good in there anyways. It's all bills and yeah, garbage, mostly. so who cares? And I'm sure we'll have this conversation again way later with the mail, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, with yeah. the mail episode. There's a lot of mail episodes, yes. But anyway, she checks it like all the time and I'm I'm glad that she does. I love that it's there and I get it in case I, you know, need it for anything. But like, I just, and, and I know she's just like, well, why don't you check the mail, Adam? And I'm like, I just, I will, but I'm going to do it on my time. And I never think, it always... You know, the thing is, we, we work in two, this is a bit of a tangent, but <laughs> we work on two different timelines for everything. Yeah. And her her timeline to do pretty much anything is always quicker than mine. You know, it's like, all right, she'll, she'll be like, all right, Adam, you know, your trash can in your office, you empty it when you when you are ready to empty it because I'm not going to handle it. Like, okay. Uh, and so my, my timeline to empty my trash can is when it's so goddamn <laughs> full, I can't fit anything else into it. So I will go a month or two or more or whatever ever until the trash can can't do it but she her her mentality is just like all right if i'm doing this i'm gonna do all of them and she'll just do it like all once a week or whatever so it's like i haven't had to do my trash can because like i will wait on a different cycle than she will and i, I imagine you are pretty similar with your wife yeah yeah and I, and if this was a tv show we would uh, the camera would slowly pan over to your overflowing <laughs> trash can right now yeah, it's, it's got a lot actually it's got a good bit of beer cans in it from uh, this weekend oh my god uh, while i was doing some editing yeah you gotta gotta have that go juice well you know uh keisha we can uh we can exchange notes um feel free to comment on my instagram for this post like you always do <laughs> And we will we'll talk it out. <laughs> I'm sure she has plenty to bitch about, and and, and she'll has me- much to comment on what I've mentioned and what I didn't mention. I'm sure as yeah. well, uh, what I'm good at, not good at doing. So, <laughs> all right, let's get back to Seinfeld. How about that, sir? That was the one of our longest tangents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so I think you know people people come here for the Seinfeld. They stay for the life tangents. You know. <laughs> Let's hope so. I hope I hope that's the case. Maybe you know because Seinfeld's relatable. Maybe our uh, crappy cleaning is relatable. <laughs> our trials well. and tribulations. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, Siobhan Fallon comes out. Her roommate. <laughs> We're back in Elaine's apartment, and she's just you know they're Elaine's obviously visually upset with them, and she's like, "Wait, Siobhan's like just like tell us the truth. Tell us the truth, Elaine. Uh, you know, hey, get back to the truth again. Name of the episode." But uh, we cut back to the mental institution, and George is apologizing. Apparently, 
uh, Patrice threw out the papers in her fit of rage after leaving lunch. Um, and Jerry has no copies, and so he's basically fucked. Um, and we then go back to Elaine, and she decides not to tell... Uh, her roommate and Kramer the truth, and she says, I think you make a nice couple, which we know is bullshit. She doesn't believe that. Yeah. Elaine is way too nice. She is way too nice, and she ends up leaving, but they kind of get their own little comeuppance here, uh, where they start there in their, they are very sexually um, charged people, uh, Kramer, which is always kind of funny, like, the way I see Kramer dancing and the way I just see Kramer moving, I couldn't imagine him really being a good lover. Just the way that he is, like, he is so gangly and like you know he's kind of funky awkward um but he is apparently he's, he's a good lover uh to to Elaine's I, yeah. roommate for I mean, sure and we get that i think throughout the course of the entire show is that whenever kramer's yeah. with somebody it's yeah he's always you know doing his thing and you know and which i think it, it, i think it's his high level of energy it's it's his energy level i think pro- i i, I don't yes. know but i imagine that's what makes him appealing to the to the uh, other uh, sex the, yes. the fairer sex but he's appealing to the lady for sure but i think it also it it's it's meant to juxtapose his ridiculousness and his awkwardness um just in general as being a hum- a weird human being right. but the ladies love him yeah. and i think that's that's why that works is cuz you want to have that you know it's similar enough with same thing with Newman. Newman is a you're not an attractive dude. You know, Kramer's not a particularly attractive dude, but they both have had stints where they are really good with women, and that juxtaposition is what makes it funny. That's called comedy writing, people. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> Write that down. Comedy 101 so, from yeah. Adam. Yep. Yes. <laughs> and then real quick before we go, I, I would like to say the the one little exchange that I liked with George and Patrice where, where he's like when he says like, uh, or you know, take her back or whatever like that. And, and she's like, mm-hmm. uh, do you mean it? You know, and he, he was oh, and he said, um, you know, I'm lucky to have someone like you in my life. Uh, and she was like, do you mean it? And he goes, of course, I mean it. I'm incapable of guile. And then Jerry says, he's yeah. never guiled, guiled. <laughs> and I was like, that's great. is a fun little play on words. And, and also, too, I was like, hey, that's the name of a street fighter character that's that's what i think it's like yeah he's never been a street fighter yeah, character yeah. <laughs> anytime i hear the word guile that's the first thing i think of yeah. is the street fighter character which is kind of funny i mean granted jerry or uh, george is just feeling um you know upset and and he's taking pity on her for putting her into a mental institution but which is kind of goes against the george we saw with her earlier who did say the truth and and you know honestly the second that he hears she threw away the papers, they should just fucking split and say, peace, I'm done with you. Um, but he doesn't because he's feeling bad. And so he stays with her. And we get that at the, at the end of the episode as well. Uh, all right. So back at just going to mention once Kramer and uh, the roommate start going at it, uh, the windshield comes back. That was at the coffee table. And the little comment that Elaine made earlier, which was, oh, I'm, I'm going to run my shins into it. I'll never see it. They are starting their sexy time. They obviously don't see it. You hear a big crash, uh, and they apparently cut themselves. Now, granted, that would if they really broke that glass, they would really be fucked up, and that would not have been a good situation. But she, I mean, she apparently did go to the hospital. Yeah, I mean, they. I feel like the writers. Well, it was probably because it's TV, but that situation maybe in a rated R movie there would have been something about the genitalia, like you know, getting cut or something. <laughs> I feel like there, there's a missed opportunity there to add it, an extra layer. Interesting that your mind goes there, Corey. <laughs> like I didn't once think about the genitalia and how that would go in there but you in your weird fucked up horror mind 
goes immediately. You're right. That is that's probably something more for uh, podcasting after dark than it is for Cartwright yes. the Seinfeld podcast. If you want to hear more about that stuff, everybody, go go listen to <laughs> Podcasting After Dark, where Corey and Zach talk about the weirdest movies you've ever heard of, <laughs> and, and actually movies you haven't heard of. <laughs> um, no, I do like Jerry's running gag in this episode where he talks about. Uh, well, okay, you, you'll sense it there. Like you'll sense the the mm-hmm. invisible table yes. there. I thought that was funny. He was he kind of like ran that the entire time. Oh, but you'll sense it. Yeah, I agree. It's funny. Um, but uh, you know, at the at the end of the episode, basically everybody is kind of screwed. You know, between uh, Kramer being cut up and his girlfriend in the hospital and. Uh, Elaine now having to, you know, be nice to them now, and George is being with, you know, the girl again that he hates, but, uh, and, and Jerry's being audited. Every, everybody's a little bit fucked. I did like at the very end where they all were like getting, having to take the cab, and they're all deciding which, you know, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. who was going to go where. And like, Come, oh, it, one it, more it, back to, Jer- to George. Yeah, and they realize that, like, they're all going in the same direction. And then Elaine's like, George, you better pay your part. And he's like, but you're all going that way anyway. It's like, God yeah. damn it, George. And going back to what you said earlier, um, I completely agree. You know, we do do that. But and I you and I kind of both fall into the same philosophy of like too. like when we go out to dinner, like a couples or something or whatever, everyone we just pay evenly. I don't care if you had one more beer than I did. I don't give a shit if you had appetizers and I didn't. I do not care because I don't want to sit there and figure out what the damn tab is. Just we split it equally. (laughs) We all split it equally. And that's it. You know, and George, God damn it, George. Just God damn it. The, The way the way we. We see money as a tool for your happiness and to just kind of, you know, get some things that you may not have been able to get otherwise. And, you know, there is a certain ratio between, you know, how much it takes to save this much money and then how much happiness you can have and stress and less stress if you just say, oh, I'll pay that extra buck and not give a fuck. And like, so if we split stuff 50-50... I don't want to think about it. I just want to live as little of a stress-free life, life as I can. I've already got fucking high blood pressure, motherfucker. I can't deal with all of that again or do that too. So it's like, let me live as stress-free as I can and we'll just split it half and half and who cares, man? Yeah. Just fucking go, just man. Mad. We lived in California, man. Not anymore for either of us. And actually, our stress is so much less now that we moved out of California, which is funny. You think of California as the hippie stress-free place. It is not, people. <laughs> Move out of California and your lives will get much better. Yes, you are 100% <laughs> in that regard. My God. Oh, man. All right. So we go into the, the final stand-up of the episode. And uh, Jerry talks about how he's been through an audit before. And he's like, it isn't fun. And the IRS doesn't do anything to help you make it fun or, or you know, help help out with the ordeal, you know, um, or to keep your spirits up during the ordeal is what he said. Uh, he said, he goes, they should put the receipts all in one of those big sweepstake drums and then spin it around and pick one out and then give you the feeling that you might actually win something. But no, he's like, they'll just say, sorry, that's another illegal deduction <laughs> deduction. But we do have some lovely parting gifts for you. Jail. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It was. It, okay, it wasn't as okay, good as up. the naked one earlier. Although, yeah, I still yeah, thought yeah. it was even, funny. or even the even the opening one. I thought the opening one was better yeah, as well. I agree. I agree. So overall, though, buddy, what'd you think of this episode as a whole? Yeah, as a whole, I enjoyed the episode. I thought it was pretty decent. Um, it's not an amazing one. Definitely not a bad one. It feels like a good, solid, standard Seinfeld episode to me. Um, I'm not sure I really needed the intercutting. Like the style of this episode was a little bit different i noticed they did a lot more intercutting between scenes 
than previous episodes, uh, which actually I found out later uh, is fairly interesting because it might be because this is the first episode since the pilot, uh, which actually had a different director than than Tom Sharonis. This was directed by David Steinberg. And so that kind of makes sense where the, the shot choice was just slightly different. The intercutting of the scenes and just the way that it uh, it kind of came through was slightly different. I didn't dislike it. It was just a little bit different and I, I didn't I don't know if it actually added any anything to it other than like the few times where you got like uh you know Jerry saying I would die if you know, I didn't have this lady and then cut to George dumping her. Like, that kind of stuff. That that did work well. But I thought it might have just been overused at times. Um, but in general, solid episode. I give it uh, three out of five uh, tax audits. Uh, <laughs> and that's that's what I've got. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it kind of had a more cinematic feel to it, which I would normally say that's great. But like you said, it does feel a little bit off, a a smidge off-putting in this episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, That being said, I very much enjoyed this episode. I think a little bit more than I thought I would going into it. Mm -hmm. I kind of didn't really remember much about this episode. So I was like, okay, let me give this a shot. And I wound up really, really liking it. Um, I, I I see where you're coming from on on the different parts about the different cutting styles and stuff, and I I agree with you. It brought it down a little bit just in its fam- like in its lack of familiarity, and I think a lot of times enjoyment from sitcoms come from comes from the familiar because you're like, okay, I'm sitting down with my friends, I'm sitting down with a with yes. a, like a situation or a location that I know and I understand, and it and just being familiar with it kind of really helps. I think all sitcoms that's it's the the basis for a lot of sitcoms, but like you said. It was a good episode. It was a really, really mm-hmm. good episode. I might actually give it either 3.5 or 4 out of 5 okay. uh, uh, glass cuts on the genital sc- uh, scars <laughs> okay. for this one. Especially, okay. I think it brings it up a little bit too because of the, I think the stand-up bits were overall, even though the last one wasn't as strong, I think overall the stand-up in this episode was good. Even though the last one wasn't as good as the first two, it was still a decent stand-up bit, which means all the stand-up up bits yeah. in this episode I think were pretty good so overall I thought it was a really really solid fun episode that I don't consider a classic because I haven't seen it that much but I would go back and rewatch it I would definitely go back and rewatch this one. Oh yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's uh, probably better than a lot of people might remember yeah so. I agree uh, alright well yeah, that's the uh, that's the end of this episode. Corman, man, where can everybody find you out in the world? Yes, sir. Like you said earlier, like you heard earlier, um, you can find me every other week on Podcasting After Dark, where me and my buddy Zach tackle cult movies from the 80s uh, and 90s. So stuff like uh, Heavy Metal, stuff like Tough Turf with James Spader, stuff like uh, Hardware. And uh, you can also hear me occasionally on the Blast From Our Past podcast. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that buddy yeah blast from our past podcast is the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns tv show reviews and a whole lot more all from the things of our nostalgic past by our i mean me and my brother um we talk about movies and tvs and other stuff from uh, back when we were kids and maybe a little bit beyond uh and just go through all of that uh and i do want to call out that i am going to be doing an upcoming episode 
on the trivia podcast called Trivia Warfare Blitz. It's a free podcast. I'm going to be recording it uh, coming up pretty soon, and so I think this will air before that one does. Um, But if you don't listen to Trivial Warfare, uh, you should. It's a fantastic trivia podcast. Um, but I'm on two episodes of that one, but I think they're both behind a Patreon paywall, so you may not be able to listen to the ones that I've been on before. But the Trivial Warfare Blitz are going to be fully free, and so just uh, check those out. If you like trivia, check those out. I will be on a soon-to-be-upcoming episode. So, uh, of course, I'm going to be talking about this podcast, and I'll be talking about uh, everything that I do in general. And we will... And hopefully winning trivia. (laughs) Yeah, good, good luck, buddy. Hope you win. And we will absolutely post the link to that episode on the Cartwright Facebook page so you guys can listen to Adam there. And real quick, we want to give a shout out to our buddies at the Friday Five podcast. They are the newest addition to the BFOP network. That is our pod... uh, BFOP! BFOP. I'm never going to say BFOP. The Blast from Our Past network. And that includes Podcasting After Dark. That includes Blast from Our Past. That includes Cartwright. And now it includes Friday Five podcast. So our our little podcast retro podcast network that could is growing these days yeah baby adam online uh where can we find you on instagram or facebook or anything yeah on all that stuff just check uh blast pass cast on instagram and on facebook and on patreon and i think that's it we're also on twitter but we don't really do anything on twitter so fuck twitter um <laughs> but yeah and how about you yeah buddy um i'm personally on instagram at coordination and you can find cartwright on we're mainly on facebook for cartwright and uh, please make sure you rate and review us five stars on Apple Podcasts. That really, really helps. And we uh, we really appreciate the reviews that we already have there. So thank you guys so much for the love. And we will see you guys next week with The Pen. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get.